When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi there, it's Jen. I am so excited about our next guest and I wanted to personally invite him and take a few moments just to do his introduction because it deserves it. I'm going to be talking to Mark Victor Hansen, the co-founder and creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Now we all have read that or read multiple versions of it, He's now written over 300 books, millions and millions of copies sold. And we are going to be joined by Mark, as well as his gorgeous wife, Crystal Hansen, to talk about their new book called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. So excited about this. This is a game changer. And it's a game changer because we're in COVID. I mean, it would be a game changer if we weren't in COVID, but because we're in COVID, we need to be asking these questions. And one of the things he's going to talk about, I'm so excited about, is this cocoon of COVID. So how will you emerge? Will you emerge a beautiful butterfly from this or will you crumple up and kind of go away? And so that's what we're here to do is to help you bridge that gap, bridge that gap from your dreams into your destiny. This is an absolute privilege for me to have him on my show. It's something I've wanted for a really long time that you'll experience here in just a few minutes. He is an unbelievable philanthropist and won tons of awards, been on Oprah, been on CNN. You know him. You've probably seen him on the stage someplace. He is world-renowned speaker and you know, really known as a thought leader. And we need leaders right now. We're at a time right now where we need leaders. So I want to leave you with a quote that he says, because that will set up what we're going to be talking about today. And that is this, when you know clearly what you want, become passionately on purpose about it, and you'll wake up every morning excited for life. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Hansen. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Oh my gosh, what a great episode we have ahead of us. I cannot tell you how my heart is just beating out of my chest at the excitement to be able to interview and share with you all kinds of questions with the man himself, Mark Victor Hansen, and his beautiful, gorgeous wife, Crystal Hansen. So welcome to our show and thank you so much for joining us. We're delighted to be here beyond thank excited. You. Thank I'm you. So happy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to be reading your bio separately <laughs> because there's so much of it. 
But I want to let everybody know, I mean, it goes without saying you are one of the co-authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, you know, I've had the wonderful pleasure of meeting her name escapes me right now. All of a sudden, she co-wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul in the Kitchen, I believe. Oh, Diana. Oh, yes. 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 Her, right she now, and her husband. Super elegant women on the whole planet. Oh, we my gosh. Her, her husband and Ted yeah. is how he goes. But to, to us, yeah. he's that close a friend. Yeah. Oh, he's a delight. He and I sat out by the pool for probably an hour and a half. I just listened. I just listened yeah. to him. Yeah, we went to a retreat together. It was actually when Frank Shankwitz did his premiere for The Wish Man. So we were invited to participate in that. It was really great. And boy, what a beautiful woman she is. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, life's about surrounding yourself with great people. No question about it. So the first thing I want to say is obviously you're a thought leader, you know, and you believe that it's the vision of what's possible, that we weren't put on this earth to be on this earth by itself. We were put on this earth to do beautiful, wonderful things, and it's for us to do. And I think that's the crust of every message that you said. But I want to go back first, if you don't mind. I want to go way back before. Can I share this now? Should I share it now? Because we were talking about this beforehand. So I have the second edition that was published in 1993. And you can see it's, it's been used and abused. And that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. When something that's so great is used and abused, because there's someone down below us that doesn't like that. So I had given my mother this book. It was mine. I gave it to my mother. And when she passed away a couple of years ago, she had this book on her bedside along with her Bible. So I got it back. I got to get it back, but I want to share what I read and what I wrote in. And I said, mom, this book has brought me many hours of pleasure, great stories about anything and everything. It will truly touch your soul and give you several opportunities for reflection about each story and how it affects our lives daily. One day, I will meet the authors. I love you, Jen. And I'm so tickled that I said that. And I mean, the fact that I can actually be here with you is just divine intervention. But before Chicken Soup, tell us about Mark before Chicken Soup. How did this all come together? Yeah, what happened is in 1974, I'd been in graduate school with the smartest guy on the planet, as far as I was concerned, Buckminster Fuller. Dr. Fuller was Einstein's best student, invented spherical buildings made out of triangles and Dymaxion cars that ran in three wheels and alcohol, ethanol, and methanol. Did brilliant, brilliant things. And I got sucked into believing I should be Bucky rather than me. So I bankrupted a company for $2 million, went bankrupt so fast. I was building in New York City. I built the Wall Street Racket Club, Botanical Gardens, Aviaries, Homes. But I was building out of plastic, PVC, polyvinyl chloride, wrong time. And I crashed, which was my best, worst experience, which some people are hanging on by their fingernails. So I'm not making fun of it. But because you're so interested in the Bible, the best line in uh, Genesis is, what you meant for my harm, God meant for my good. So for six months, I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room in a sleeping bag. And all of a sudden, it came to me, I want to be a speaker. And I went to my room, age three of them, and I asked, I said, do you know anyone? It's young, not a cotton top, not a celebrity, not a doctor, not a lawyer, not a Broadway star, not a celebrity, anything. And he said, yeah, yeah, this kid, a few years older than you, was out in Hawpaw, Long Island, New York, Chip Collins, who became my best friend and mentor, talking to real estate people. And I went out and watched him mesmerize an audience for three hours, at the end of which I asked, I gave him my hand. I said, I'm Mark Victor Anderson. I'm asking to take you to lunch. And then I want to ask you how I can do what you're doing. He said, look, kid, the chance you make it is one in a thousand. You're not going to make it. Well, long story short, I did a thousand, Tony Robbins and I were talking, we both did a thousand talks a year the first three years in the business because 
if you take massive action, you're gonna get like you know, and you've done in your business, you get massive result. And then everyone in the talk said, man, that is the greatest story because I'm Jack and Mark, I'm the storyteller, story writer. And you know, he's a Harvard third in his class genius. I'm not taking anything away from Dr. Cantor. <laughs> that would not be my program. I love Jack. But the point is, I wrote the stories that, that made the book at the front end and most of them. So people said, yeah, the story in a book. And I did my first book was back in 1974 was Stand Up, Speak Out, Win. I said to these little audiences of six, 20, 50 people, I said, this isn't a New York Times bestseller. This isn't a national bestseller. It's certainly not an international bestseller, but it is my bestseller. And it'd be my privilege to sign it to you, your spouse, your kids. And if you've got a dog, I'll do your dog. Right. And I sold 20,000 copies. I tripled my income. I went from about 70 grand a year to $210,000 that fast. And I thought, wow, I'm going to keep writing. And now I've written 312 books, sold a half billion books, been 59 times number one New York Times. So as far as I know, nobody has been more than that. And I want everyone to write a book. And if they go to my website, markvictoranson.com, we'll teach people how to do that because everyone needs to take that beautiful wisdom and story out of their head and deploy it on paper. Yeah, I love that. And I did see that. I saw that you have a program, you have a 12 module program. I think it's really great when people can love write books. I'm fascinated by the fact that you can write so many because when I wrote my first book launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights, I said, oh, there's no more left in me, right? And then I was asked to write a couple, you know, write a couple of collaborative books and I said, how did I, how did I get that from me? I don't, re- I don't really know where all this came from. And so how do you, how do you come up with these new ideas? How is it that the people are tend to be one and done with the book and they take forever to write it, by the way, they take forever and, you know, eight years, which is crazy, long, long, long time to write it. And then they're, they're one and done. So how, where do you get the inspiration to write more? And I come up with more ideas. Put into spiritual things. Genesis one twenty eight says, you know, in the beginning God created you and I in His image and likeness. I define that to say being two things. You and I are here to be full time creators. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm rich now. I've got a million dollars or ten or whatever the number is. You know, rich is relative. And then number two is that you're here to contribute and the greatest amongst you a servant of all. So if you've got it, you've got to create it. And that's why Crystal and I created Ask because we've traveled the. 80 countries around the world, talk to 7 million people, and we find great people, wonderful people, sophisticated people, educated people. But the difference between the people who succeed a little and those who succeed a lot is they ask, and I'm asking people to think bigger. And I did, Nightingale's opponent says the best selling set of tapes they ever had was mine, how to think bigger than you ever thought you could think. Because it's not that we think too big, it's that we think too little. And Crystal, who's a certified hypnotherapist and a lot more degrees, but the point is, she says, we don't use that 18 billion brain cells. We've got four times the talent, skill, and inner genius that we've ever used. So once you start pulling it out, you got to let it rock, and you got to write five or six books at the same time, because you never have writer's block on four or five books at the same time. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, I know that, you know, generally we're dreamers, right? We are dreamers. There's no doubt about it. What do you think is the reason that people, it's that gap, you know, that's part of ask, right? Is the bridge from your dreams to destiny. But what do you think is the core issue? You know, is, is it procrastination? Is it fear? Is it, I'm sure there's a thousand different things, but you've been around a long time and you've shared with so many people. So many people have shared their stories with you. What do you think is really the issue that people don't go to their full potential? It's really seven roadblocks. I'm going to let Crystal hit on the top highlight of each one. 
Well, I was just going to say, Jen, it's an important question and something we should all reflect on because, you know, when we're born as children, we just have this beautiful ability to ask for anything. Our spirits are shining. You know, we're new, we're fresh out of heaven. So we ask about everything. We want to know who, what, when, where, why, and how. We're not ashamed to ask for more, more, more. But then over time, depending on how we were raised, what happened in our school experience, what happened with our job experience, careers, military, whatever it is, life starts to shut us down. Yeah. We start to get afraid to ask for what we want. We start to become ashamed to not know everything. Or we look at other people and look at them as you know unqualified because they don't know anything. And it's so sad because that beautiful spirit that we were born with, that childlike spirit where really it's spirit stabbing at us going, come on, you're here to evolve, learn and grow. And suddenly that gets shut down and we stop asking, we stop wondering, we stop being curious. And in fact, Mark and I identified in the book, we talk about the seven roadblocks to asking. And what we discovered is that each and every person has at least one of those roadblocks, if not all of them, you know? So it's really important for us to look specifically at each of those roadblocks. We have beautiful stories around each of those and really start to come clean with ourselves and ask those questions like, what is it that, which of these roadblocks is stopping me? And we can go into the roadblocks specifically if you want to. Well, I, maybe I want to ask you a, a very specific question, and it might pull out one of the roadblocks because we want them to get the book, right? <laughs> we want them to get the book because, you know, it's taking action. We really want them to take action. But, you know, when I think about my story, and I'm not going to go into my whole story, but, you know, my dad was an alcoholic, right? My mom was a verbal abuser. It was not the best childhood. And I had limiting beliefs for a long time. Not that I'm cured. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I'm not cured from all my limiting beliefs, so I still have many of them. But, you know, in the recent couple of years, I have been, I finally have broken through this one particular limiting belief. And that was the limiting belief that I was going to amount to nothing. My uncle called me Jenny, who ain't got a penny, told me I was going to be nothing, told me I was going to be just like them. I spent my entire life proving instead of living. And I got to the point where I said, I'm done proving to everybody. I want to start living. And so when I look back on and anyone who's listening here, if they've got that big, you know, sort of eat that frog, Brian Tracy, you know, big frog of limiting belief, how do we get past that one? Because that one stems from childhood. And I think for me, that's what I see most of the time is something that comes from childhood that is just something that people can't get over. Right. And as a transformational life coach, what I teach my clients is that, you know, while it appears that life is sort of happening to us from some source outside of ourselves and it's coming at us and we're ducking and dodging and trying to keep the balls up in the air, the reality is that our true life experience is created right here inside of us, in our minds and in our hearts. And so until we're willing to take that time to deliberately sit down with ourselves and start to do the self examination, which is really involves heavily this process of asking the right questions of ourselves and then answering them truthfully. Because what Mark and I determined is there are actually three channels through which to ask. And those are ask yourself, Mm -hmm. ask others, and ask God. And each of those channels is important. And when you start to ask these questions, and we give very specific questions in the book, you start to reveal the truth to yourself. You realize, you start to reveal that you absolutely are enough. 
that this baggage you've been carrying around that really came from out there somewhere and you let it in, it became part of your processing system. It's not true because what happens is when we hear something enough times, our subconscious mind doesn't discern truth. Our right. conscious mind does. If you're analyzing something, you're saying, oh, no, that's, that's not true. I can discern that. But if somebody that you love and trust or care about, someone who has any kind of influence in your life tells you something enough times or you hear a similar message enough times in your life, you start to develop a program. You believe it. At some level, you're operating at this subconscious level as if that is true, as if Jenny don't have a penny until you sit down and you start taking that time with yourself and challenging those entrenched programs and start asking your way forward. Is that true? Where did it come from? Oh, huh. It came from their experience. They had a different experience than I did. They don't believe they deserve anything. What was their childhood like? Well, the answers will come to you. If you look at their childhood, you will discover Mm -hmm. why they believe that. And then you say, why does that have anything to do with me? And how would he know what my destiny is when my destiny is only determined by myself and God working in a partnership together? So this questioning process that we talk about in the book is so empowering. It's so freeing in terms of being able to eliminate that baggage and really set your life on the ultimate course so that you truly can achieve that ultimate destiny that you have that is waiting for you out there. Yeah, it's so true. And really that's how it came to fruition for me is that I love this uncle. I love him. My mom's one of 10. I'm one of 37 first cousins, plus now all the married people. So plus all the extra children that everybody has, right? Big, big, big family. And, you know, they were really poor. I mean, he was born in a park in a tent, you know, back in the day along the river, you know, the older he gets, the more he tells me about that period of time. He's a multimillionaire and won't buy a pair of shoes for himself. Just won't, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's his limiting belief that he pushed onto me at an age that was very impressionable. And I've gotten to the point now where I forgive him. I mean, I've forgiven him. I, you know, I was, I didn't for a long time, but I forgave him. So, you know, I I love that whole process. And I love that this book particularly, and I'm glad you brought up the question of asking yourself and asking others and asking God, this book in particular is going to be a great book for everyone for the holidays, you know, to give away. But I want to ask you about the asking others, because when I saw that, I said, wait, wait a minute, hold on. If I just forgave him, right. If I just got through that process, Is he the other that I want to go ask again? Do I want to pull myself in there? So do we need to be careful about some of the others that we ask, the naysayers in our lives? Right. I think it's very important to have boundaries. And I think the question you ask yourself is, is there any benefit to opening up that one? Do I trust his evaluation of things? Do I trust his assessment? Well, I love him and I understand he's at a place that is the result of his own state of consciousness. Yeah. Is there anything that he can offer me that's important? Is there anything important that I need to learn from him? It sounds to me, and you have to ask yourself that question, but the answer is no. And so it is important to ask the right questions to the right people. And it's funny because when it comes to asking, people are really afraid to ask. We're afraid to ask for help, you know, assistance, advice, all of those things. When Mark and I looked at the studies that were done on asking, when we wrote this book, people go into that process of asking like, oh, they're so hesitant and so afraid to ask. Studies reveal going in, people thought that 
they would either be perceived as being stupid, ignorant, uninformed, if they asked for advice or something or help, or just pushy and obnoxious. And the studies reveal none of those things are true. If you're just willing to ask for what you want, for what you need, you know, in a humble and respectful way, that you are 80% more likely to get your question answered, your request granted, whatever it is you're asking for. So there's like no reason not to ask. And, you know, in the book, we just give so much evidence of why that's true. We tell these incredible stories of people who realized at some point in their lives that it was important to keep asking. And the results were phenomenal. And when you read these stories, you realize that that's you. You can do the same thing and more. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I want to kind of talk about, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about all the people in my summit the last couple of days that I would say, any questions? <laughs> Nobody, right? Well, I would ask a question back, right? And, and it's amazing. And people are like, well, I'm an introvert and I don't like asking questions, you know, and then someone would finally go, okay, well, I'm going to ask the question again since no one's going to say anything. But really that's the person who gets the most out of that interaction. It's right. the person who gets the most out of life. It's the person who yeah. gets the most out of life. If we can come back to that childlike place, we were all born with it. We're born perfect. Come back to that place, you know, start getting in touch with that beautiful curiosity that we all had as children. Yeah. We need to wonder. I tell one of the roadblocks is naivete. And that's, it's such an important one. I tell mm-hmm. the story of how we hired this beautiful Filipina woman when my children were very young, my girls were born 16 months apart. So it was a little crazy trying to keep that. And I had an older son. So she would come every day and she'd cook these beautiful dishes from her homeland. She was so lovely and gracious. She showed up one morning with this fruit and cut it up on a plate and said, here, Crystal, try this. And and it was this juicy, juicy orange fruit. And I I bit it and I was like, this is the best fruit I've ever tasted. Malda, what is this? And she goes, it's a mango. I was like, a mango? How come I've never tasted a mango before? That's crazy. I was thinking, I've been all over the world. How come I've never encountered a mango? Been to Europe, everywhere. I said, where did you get this? Thinking, wow, she must have, you know, imported them from the Philippines. She said, at the grocery store. Oh my gosh. And I thought, how did I not know that? How did I not know right. that these wonderful, best fruit I've ever tasted is sitting right at my grocery store? And it made me think, what else do I not know? What else? Yeah, Because I'm just naive and it's there and available to me. What else do I not know? I grew up in Idaho where there are lots of potatoes and no mangoes, you know? Right. We're kind of imprisoned by our own naivete. And I thought, you know, what people am I passing by every day that might be my new best friend, my next business partner, somebody who could be a great advocate or for whom, to whom I could advocate for, you know? So all of these things like opportunities, people, we're naive. We pass them by every day. What if we just became wildly curious, wildly inquisitive, started asking, started wondering how much more would our lives open up to the beautiful gifts and rewards that are out there for us if we're willing to take this asking journey? And that's why Mark and I are saying, get the book and take the journey with us. Yeah. Can you remember what you were reminded of? Oh, yeah. I'll remember. Okay, good. I want to go back to your uncle, who's a lovely guy, I'm sure, and now a multimillionaire. but. Remember, Crystal said his state of consciousness and what you've got to do is ask yourself, hey, wait a second, what am I supposed to accomplish? Remember, our subtitle is Ask, the bridge from your dreams, your destiny. If you're alive, and that includes everyone listening, no matter how tough it is right now, because we've all been put in this cocoon that's a surprise to us, right? And our, our metaphor is that you can't look a caterpillar 
predicted cocoon or a beautiful butterfly. We're about to break out of the cocoon, I think. We can mm-hmm. talk to that in a minute. But is it what you've got to ask? Who are you asking? Because when I asked the wrong question, I said, how do I go bankrupt? I checked the book out of the library, how to go bankrupt by yourself and crash and burn. And not that that was good, bad experience. But the point is, you got to keep asking yourself, who is it that can help me grow and thrive? Because the prayer of Jabez unequivocally says, bless me, O Lord, a lot. And number two, expand my abilities, expand my territory, expand my talent. And number three, keep me from evil. You know, and that's Old Testament stuff, but the same in the New Testament. The point is, is that every one of us is supposed to be asking for wisdom, asking for growth, asking for what your dream team is. And Andrew Carnegie, the richest man of his time, worth today and today's dollars, four billion. So even Richard yeah, and Jeff Bezos, yeah. I'm a scholar and Dr. Napoleon Hill and his teacher, Andrew oh, Carnegie. But Andy, yeah. where do you live? I forgot to ask. I'm in Northern Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C. I'm like, I'm like right along the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm 60 miles west. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Hunt Good. country. Yeah. Yeah. You go to Andrew Carnegie's house, you know, it, it said, you know, in marble, it says authors of the wealth of the nation. I'd change it to world. But then no one can get rich without enriching all others, which is true. And then Absolutely. the third thing is he said, I looked at what Christ did. And he had 12 disciples that all brought him up to one guy sideways. You know, a guy named Judas did the wrong thing and, and kiss of death, as it were. But and lost his silver and everything and his life and his soul. But the point is, every one of us has got to keep picking people that will take us to our next level because you've got a long way to go. Like, I'm going to live to be 127 options for renewal. And what I'm teaching is if you have a high-quality life, you want a high-quality life. And, you know, what's the maximum you can contribute, not the minimum? And unfortunately, we've got too many people buying into minimums now and, yeah. and they're wrecking themselves and destroying their soul because your soul has to grow. Your soul has to become... And the soul, spirit runs the mental, which runs the physical. And that's why we say, ask yourself, ask others, ask God. And ask God, most people listening need to know, how do you do that? And the way we're teaching it is 400 times before you go to sleep, you say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? And know that you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and tell your sweetiekins, hey, I listen to Mark and Crystal. It seems a little weird, and I've never heard it before. But I'm going to know my destiny in the middle of the night because it takes, Crystal will teach you, it takes that long to get into the depth of your subconscious. Yeah. You came in knowing, right? The author and finisher of our faith is inside. So God in you. So write down in detail. Don't just say write play or write book. You've got to write out what you're going to write. And you've got to get up and turn on the lights and do it. And it is funny because, you know, I mean, I actually don't do it at night, but I think I'm going to now. Now hearing this, I mean, one of the prayers that I say every morning is, Lord, take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say and keep me out of your way. Every day. I love it. Yeah, because he's guiding me today. Every morning we wake up and going backwards a little while, we're falling in love and we're two hearts becoming one soul. Guy sees us. At, we were living in California at the time. We were at Costa Mesa at Mother's having a green meal. And the guy next to us, a man who was about 90 years old, white collar and all that. He said, I see that you guys are really in love. Can I tell you whether to keep your marriage together forever? I said, I didn't expect to get interrupted, but yeah, tell us. He said, I've been head of Billy Graham Ministries for 70 years in marriage. And one thing, praying out loud is what does it together. And every morning we wake up and do an hour of of prayer. And yeah, and our favorite place outside of America is Italy. And we like Florenza. And you've seen the David, I'm sure, and been there. They say, Michelangelo, how you make it, David, the world's greatest sculpture? He said, I chip you out everything, not David. And that's what your prayer does every morning. And the same for us, different words. But the point is you're talking to Big G and Big G always answers. I love that. I've never called him Big G. That's awesome. 
Yeah, what I was going to say, just a couple little things, and I want to ask you some questions about COVID as we kind of, you know, round out our conversation today is that as you were talking, Crystal, you know, what I was thinking is the acres of diamonds that we have underneath us. You know, people so often, and I was talking about this at the summit, I talk about it in my coaching all the time, is we all have binoculars on. We're always looking for the thing, looking, looking, looking. Maybe I have a book in there that you can help me with, but we're always looking with binoculars to the next thing, the next thing that's going to make us happy and make us rich and make us have better relationships. And we really have acres of diamonds under us that we just have to look down, you know, and dig for and dig in our own souls, right? To be able to, to find and to manifest. So that's what I was thinking when you said that. The other thing I wanted, you know, to say is, you know, my mom said to me one day, you have such a great quality of life, honey. It's such a great quality of life. And I don't know, I was talking to her about taking the kids wherever we were going at the time or something. And it, and it really struck me. And I said, you know, mom, I actually don't want a quality of life. That to me is like keeping up with the Joneses. What I'm looking for is a life of quality. That shift tells the whole story. Yeah. Tells yeah. the whole story. And that's when my quest, you know, came to, to where I'm at now, you know, in my life, you know, and building my life first as my core and then the business, the life first and then the business, because people focus so much on money, 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 business, 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 and everything else is peripheral and it's not protected. One of my favorite questions is, you know, God, show me the greatest expression of me for which you made me. Like, what is that, that ultimate thing? And, and like you said, it's not something you can find outside of yourself. Yeah. You have to go inside, find your treasure. Yeah, it's absolutely that. So let's talk about COVID, right? The cocoon. I love that, the cocoon. You know, this COVID cocoon that we're in, and I know that you have, you know, and we talked about this in the green room about the ebook that you have, how to be up in down times and you know, and I know that you broke this into, and gosh, you know, this is a gift that you're giving us, right? You broke it into soul, mind, and body tips, right? And so I immediately was drawn to the body tips. There's so much in common. I, I'm just so funny. And I printed that page, printed that one page, which is number seven, right? The tips is quarantine psychologically changing, right? And it's not a long chapter. It's just a quick tip. I really like, because we're on this sort of fatigue with COVID. But I really love the one thing that you had three tips, but one of the things that you had is just simply do 10 to 20 push-ups a day. Now, here's the funny thing. I have been gamifying my physical activity during COVID because it's so easy for us to work 100 hours a day, right? Because we have nothing else to do and if we're not going to watch Netflix, right? And so I started gamifying and here the honest to goodness truth. So every morning before I have my tea, I do 15 push-ups on my countertop. That's my gamification, right? And then I come into my, into my office and before I can sit, I have to do a plank for 30 seconds, right? <laughs> so I have gamified everything. So I love your analogy of the cocoon and that something's going to emerge from this cocoon. And Crystal, what you said, it's not what COVID has done to us, but what has COVID done for us? Will we emerge as a butterfly transformed or will we sort of curl up and shrivel away? So tell us about some of the strategies we should be thinking about doing, whether it's in ask, because again, it's asking questions or whether it's in the contents of this, what should we be doing to ensure 
that our soul is saved on the backside of this? Well, first of all, here's what we're recommending on ask is it for Christmas, don't buy one, buy two and find somebody that's depressed, despondent, disconsolate, or worst case, suicidal. Cause we've been doing, you know, over a hundred podcasts. We've done a lot with the greatest psychiatrists and psychiatry is going crazy with people trying to X out of life. Cause that's how I felt when I went bankrupt and lost $2 million in one day and hurt myself and a lot of other people. So, and then go through every question and ask. So you transform yourself because the apostle Paul said, be transformed by the self renewing of your mind. Everybody can do that. And the other day we got 121 letters in a day with people saying, Oh my God, this book has changed my life. It just has done it for me because no one ever taught me to ask. I mean, as far as I can see now, and this is my statement, I hope I'm talking for my wife, but since Socrates, nobody's tried to be fully aware of all the questions. And that's how we wrote the other book, How to Be Up and Down Times with Mitzi Perdue. And she is just amazing. She does 22 chickens a week. They're all organic. And what we said in that book is there wasn't one COVID problem. COVID is a problem. Right. And you ought to have hydroxychloroquine and, and zinc and ZPAC in advance because I got it eight weeks ago and got rid of it in a day because I overdosed. Yeah, zinc, by every day. zinc every right? day. Zinc every zinc day for me. Yeah. Because yeah. what you're really saying is correct is your nutrition and your immune system is what's mm-hmm. got to be critical. And the people that are compromised, they should be doing back to your thing about the 50 push ups and they got to be taking the nutraceuticals and the herbs and all that, all of which we talked about. Next one. So you got the disease, then you got the fear, then you got the media, then you got politics, then you got China, which is totally working against us. I've been going to China for 22 years, up until three years ago, and we decided, hey, wait a second, this guy just wrote a book like Hitler. Hitler said, today, Germany, tomorrow, the world, the head of China's first line in his book, you can read is hegemony, which is a word you no one in America knows, but that means world domination. And you go look it up after this and you go, holy cow, I don't want to learn Chinese. That's not my goal. And I, I yeah. do not like oppression and and they've got a million people that are slaves or it's a little bit heavy but the point is we're saying look if you read the front of the book the first chapter i wrote when we come out of this thing we're not going to do 50 billion we're going to do 50 trillion with seven businesses that i talk about any which you can participate in because while the mortgage business is booming today the airline business has been crushed today the governor of maryland said you cannot fly in and out of maryland you go what in the hell you got no right to do that that's anti-liberty as far as i'm concerned it makes zero sense to me and you can't have thanksgiving i'm a hummer you know this is not okay with me because i'm a constitutionalist i believe us America too. Us too. Oh my goodness. Yeah, us too. We're not we're not political anymore. We moved from then and said, I'm just a constitutionalist. <laughs> so I just right. exactly. Our, just constitutions. Yeah. We believe our founding fathers were all divinely guided. And and I believe that Jefferson and his teacher, who is 56 and he was 26, wrote that thing, the declaration, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and the happiness of pursuit if you do it backwards. Everyone should be happy, but you've got to have freedom. And, and freedom means you've got to have free enterprise. And what we're teaching in that book, subtly, and I've written other books like One Minute Millionaire that is a yeah. bestseller and stuff like that, is that an entrepreneur finds a problem, which everybody can do, fixes it, scales it, and it yeah. makes a vast problem. Yeah, it truly is. So now I have to ask, I just have to go back real quick and ask you a question. What, what were you studying when you went to college? What happened is I was going to be a doctor of physiology, and then the head of physiology was working with NASA. I said, you got to go meet the smartest guy in the world. And I sat in the audience with 5,000 people at Buckminster Fuller, and, right. and he said, we're going to talk about 10 things, synergetic, <laughs> energetic, geometry, cosmogony, cosmology, epistemology, cartography. And I didn't know one of the words, and I thought, God, I was sophomoric. I thought I knew everything, and then I became a student of Bucky's and 
comprehensivity. That's how great. do you make the whole system work for 100 percent of humanity as well? Yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah, um, because I was going to be a cardiologist. Took a psychology yep. or a physiology class, got turned off from it for some reason. I don't know because I, you know, was totally pre med. Ended up going into architectural design and construction engineering. So, you know, as you're mentioning the names, I'm going, yep, studied, know them, know them. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Been there, done that. Yep. Um, Okay. So I want to ask you, this podcast is called Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I'm so thankful that it came out. Somebody upstairs was looking out for me because I'd been planning to bring this out. I'd been interviewing people this time last year in preparation to bring it out in the beginning of the year. And it's really turned into something wonderful because so many people are at home and they're saying, do I go back to my job when it's time to go back to my job? Is this the sign that I need, you know, to be an entrepreneur, to go, you know, find my destiny in life? What do you tell someone who's just wavering and in all is the bridge? I mean, this is moving from success to significance or, you know, breaking through that glass ceiling who's saying, I'm just afraid to take that first step. What do you say to them when they're afraid of a COVID? And I know you're going to say, go back and ask questions, but is there any tactical or strategic advice of, you know, just doing it? Like take that chance that you could share with everyone. Right. I mean, you definitely always have to take action. There are three things you have to do to prepare to be a good asker. And the first one is belief. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that the answers are out there for you. You really do. You have to believe that. And you have to also believe that you deserve it. You deserve the answers. You deserve the best. And so going in with that belief is really, really important. And then the second part of preparing to be a good asker is action. You know, Mm -hmm. as you start asking these questions, you're going to get breakthroughs. You're going to ask a question of yourself or other people. You're going to get an idea. You're going to get, ask another question. You're going to get an illumination you didn't have before. You're going to ask another question. You'll start to see a solution. Well, at that point, you must take action. Action is part of the preparation, belief, action, and then imagination is the next one. Because we're the only animal that has imagination, Mm -hmm. the ability to imagine something, the ability to create a stage in our mind where we play out any scenario, any possible thing we could ever want. And so Mark and I say, when we start asking our questions, we we say there are three phases to the questions. Where am I now? Where do I want to be? And what specific actions do I need to take to get there? Well, in that second stage, where do I want to be? You need to use your imagination. And we just say, go to the nth degree of your yeah. ultimate greatest scenario and say, in this greatest scenario, what am I doing every day? You know, in this perfect career situation that I'm in, who am I talking to? Who are my clients? What's important to me? You know, what makes my heart sing? And in that way, you literally start to engineer this perfect life that you want backwards from the ultimate place. So it's one of the most powerful exercises you can do. Yeah. And I'm I'm laughing about that because I always tell everybody, you know, and I have a screenshot that I use when I'm speaking. (laughs) It's a picture of a soup bowl, ironically, with a fork in it, you know, that so many of us spend our lives eating soup with a fork, right? Every activity is just because someone out there told them they should do the activity or they think they should, or they saw someone take that action. So I guess I should. But at the end of the day, eating soup with a fork, you're never full. You're never fulfilled ever. That's why at the end of the book, we show all the questions that you got to become a great question asker, but you've got to set great and inspiring goals for you 
And like when Jack and I we started, I interviewed all the world's best-selling fiction and nonfiction, 101 authors. I didn't ask how to write. I think I knew how to write. I said, tell me how you marketed, how you sold, how you promoted. Wayne Dyer, what did you do? James Mitchell, what did you do? Scott Peck, what the heck did you do? And I created a wild business plan, but then I added what the goals would be, a million and a half, a year and a half, and we basically did it, and then five million, and 10 million, 50 million a year. And I said, I'd sell a billion books. And I can tell you, because 144 people turned us down, they all went, this guy's nuts. Nobody can sell. Well, look, I'm halfway to goal, and I'm, I'm in route. And then they said, well, you can't outsell the Bible. So I did a chicken soup <laughs> for the sole Bible, and we sold 70,000 a week at Walmart. And it was purple, like the color you're wearing and I'm wearing, and God's highest color, top of the electromagnetic spectrum and all that. Yeah. And we said, hey, wait a second. Everyone out there has got a destiny. And the reason we did that from your dreams to your destiny is a subtitle on our book, Ask, is because everyone says, I can't do this now. I'm shut down with COVID. No, just the opposite. We're saying, get the book, go through the questions, literally write them out, dictate them, whatever you got to do. But you will transform your life now because this is going to be over soon. For yeah. whatever reason, it's going to be over, whether it's good nutrition or vaccine, which we don't Treatments, treatment, whatever. Whatever, whatever yeah. get us out of it, or more or less consciousness and spirit will get us out of it more than anything else. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, as we're talking about how COVID's going to be over, I have this visual of people coming out of the cellar after a tornado, right? They open up those tornado doors and they come out and they look around. Right? And the question wow. is, when you come out and you look around, what's that going to be like for you? Is it going to be, yes, I'm finally out. Let's go. There's life to live. Or is it going to be coming out and falling to your knees and saying, I don't have anything left. I don't know what to do. I want the former. I don't want the latter. <laughs> First of all, I love what you just said. The reason we sold more books than anyone is we, I wrote a book called A Miracle of Tithing, which businessmen say, what's a miracle of tithing? And I said, you haven't tithed enough lately. I said, you, got to tithe <laughs> you haven't been tithing. You don't know the answer yet. Right? I say, you got to tithe your thinking, your time, your talent, your trust. And then the bonus T is Thanksgiving. And what happens is you've got to be thankful for wherever you are and say, hey, wait a second, we're going to get out of this and we're going to make something wonderful. And it's Back to Joseph in Many Color Code, he went through the tortures of the damned and pit and slavery and jail for 13 years, and then came out and ruled the nation because he was ready, because he kept doing his inner work. And we're saying, we got to work with God in us and say, hey, wait a second, the doors are going to open, we're going to come out, and yeah, there might be a little bit of a mess out there, but what are you going to do about it? Not get down on your knees and cry and say, it's over. What are you going to do to make it more magnificent, more wonderful, better than it has ever been? And if you really cut the crap, 99% of reality is invisible and it starts with spirit. So you got to keep asking yourself, yeah. God in me, what is it that I can do now to manifest something great for the rest of humanity? Because you want to be a teacher's student's disciple said, boss, what do we got to do? He said, be a servant, the greatest amongst you, a servant of all. Yeah. And go out and teach other people. And, you know, and I think people are looking for leaders now. It's not even a think. I know that leadership is a big thing right now. Who's going to lead us out? And I'm not looking for necessary. Yes, leaders are good. I want I want to get some input from them. And I guess that's the questions to others, right? But right. I too want to be a leader, right? And we should all be asking, you know, where we can lead. Yeah, and how to find our leadership skills? We all have leadership skills within if we're willing to find them, if we're willing to ask the right questions and dig deep. And the other thing is really listening to the answers and being courageous enough to follow the promptings you get. 
when mm. you start mm. to ask those questions. You have to have a certain amount of courage in this asking journey. You can't collapse. You can't give up. You need to press forward because all the information is out there for you and you're going to get it when you start asking, but be ready to press forward with courage. Yeah. I love that. Any parting thoughts you want to give us as we end our time here together, which is so disappointing, but any, any parting thoughts that you'd like to give to everybody? Cause we're going to release this before Christmas in enough time that people are going to hear and see this and be able to share it with people. So Kim, what would you like to say? Well, I would like to say, you know, definitely get the book for $16. It's a life changer. But also, we want to invite people to join us. We have a book club that we would like to invite you to. So once you get the book, go to askthebookclub.com and join us for that book club discussion because it just keeps that asking journey alive. And we want everyone to become master askers. And we'd love everyone to do it two respective websites so they can get to their destiny because our destiny is helping everyone else get to their destiny. And that includes 8 billion people, which no one's ever done before. And as this thing about your self-leadership, leadership is always self. You got to lead yourself before you can lead somebody else. And if you really lead yourself effectively, then you have positional authority, not just title authority. And it's more important. And what happens is we need more leaders now than ever before. And we got to think bigger because there's 8 billion of us trying concurrently living on the planet. So we ask everybody to go to askthebookclub.com and we want to help you become master askers. I love that. Yeah. And I'll make sure I have the link in. I'll make sure that we do that, you know, so that everybody has access to everything and uh, that we start sharing this. So again, I want to say thank you so much. How beautiful has this interview been that it's touched my life. It will definitely touch my life forever. And I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and responding to my request. How nice was that? You know, it just speaks volumes about you. It definitely does. And what a beautiful couple you are. I wish you the best in your pursuit of your destiny. So I, again, want to say thank you so much for joining me today. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I know that you have touched, both of you have touched someone's lives just by them listening to this, and you'll be touching millions and millions of more to come. So thank you again. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We'll see you next time on Success to Significant. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.